This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. We are so excited to have Renee Strickland visiting with us today. Good morning, Renee. Good morning. We are going to talk about shopping for cars between your vehicle repair questions. Renee, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your auto industry, as folks will figure out, you've got a little bit of an accent. Uh, tell us about yourself and your uh, auto experience. Okay, so originally I am from Cape Town, South Africa. I came uh, to Jackson, Mississippi in 1994, uh, graduated high school up here, played baseball at Jackson Academy, and then went up north and uh, just kind of migrated back to Mississippi. And then after that, uh, with Enterprise Rent-A-Car and in, in the mortgage business a little bit, but then for the last going on my 10th year in April this year with uh, Wilson Auto Group here in Jackson in Floyd, Mississippi and in Ridgeland. 10 years. That's awesome. Good deal. I didn't yeah. know it was, it was that long that you had been working there. That's great. Yeah. At one dealership. One dealership. They must be treating you right there. So uh, like yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And there, you're a car salesman. Uh, yeah, um, I'm back uh, 100% with the clients right now. Um, I've previously been uh, the Hyundai manager, Genesis manager. Um, obviously, I have experience in our business office, which is our finance office. And just decided to get back one-on-one with uh, clients out there because, you know, they deserve it. People deserve it, especially this is something that I do on a daily basis. But for most people, they tend to do it every five to ten years. So um, so it's a time frame where people just need and have to get what they deserve going out there on pretty much now doing their second largest purchase outside of a house. Right, right. It is a huge purchase for to get a car. That, yeah, and second largest after a mortgage on a house. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, big deal. Cars are expensive. Uh, yeah, price of vehicles uh, is definitely going up. Up. Um, noticed that even over the last five years. So, yeah, I noticed a difference from. So I sold cars years and years and years ago. It was in two thousand, year two thousand, and um, it's 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 gone up at least a third or you know thirty percent more than it was back then. So yeah, so it's definitely a big difference. Yeah, and I I can talk about uh, certain things, but a lot of lot of times it's just based upon uh, what vehicles um, are costing to build now and mainly it's the steel which i can get into certain things um with with who i work with uh, brand wise because we are one of the largest steel manufacturers on the planet wow so we are able to build these cars give more for basically less not being cheap 
but just providing better warranty, certain things where the cost doesn't go up compared to other vehicles and other manufacturers that have to outsource where we are all in-house and we don't have to build out. So, And that's that's Hyundai. I can say that on, yeah. on here. Um, and that's so that's very interesting. It's, it's good to know because yeah. that does because they do have a really good price point in comparison to other cars. Yes. Typically, um, when you match apples for apples, uh, we about $1,700 difference from other manufacturers out there because Hyundai, Kia, and uh, Genesis have their own metal. So um, especially with our Genesis brand that is a competitor with Mercedes, BMW, Lexus, and those type of uh, manufacturers. We are so excited to have Renee Strickland with us today. We're going to be talking about car shopping, how to make decisions about what you need, how to make decisions about how to finance it. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Jackson. John has called in. John, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect today. Go ahead. Hey, I got a great car buying story for you. Uh, if somebody wants somebody to buy a car, they need to take me. It was about 10 years ago, I got a new job, and I had to commute a little bit, so I wanted a, a good gas mileage car. So there was an ad for a Ford Fest Fiesta, I think it was, for fifty-seven eighty-eight. So I took the ad to the dealership, and I said, I want this one. Of course, I didn't have it. But I found one I liked that was blue. So I got in there to do the business, and they said it's going to be a lot more than that. I said, I'm paying $57.88. So they got the sales manager in there. He said, look, sir, if, you, if there's a $300 suit, you're going to pay $300. I said, you got to be losing your mind. I'll wait three months till it's marked down to 100 So he gave up and got the general manager in there. So he got me down to 5788 plus the documentary fee. I said, I'm not paying anything but 5788 So he said, this is the first time in my career I'm going to waive the doc fee. You have this car for 5788 And when I called the credit union, they thought it was a used car because it was so cheap. But anyway, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> you, you, you wore them down, John. Is that right? I wore them down. I wore all the way down to the general manager. But the funny thing was, about two weeks later, the dealership closed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah, well. many people wore them down. Well, John, uh, we will definitely uh, keep you on the speed dial, and next time we need a new car, you're coming with me, okay? Sound like a deal. I'm all available. All right. Thank you. Uh, We've been talking. We're talking about shopping for cars between your vehicle repair questions. This is my thing. I guess I we our family. My husband and I own two vehicles. We have a minivan and we have a uh, little Honda Civic. I like having a big car and a little car, but I guess nowadays everything kind of looks SUV to me. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of looks like a minivan kind of a car. Uh, Renee, talk a little bit about how uh, taste, it, you know, is it are people driving that decision? Are automakers driving that decision that everything is kind of SUV, four-door SUV looking sort of things? Yeah, um, a lot of things are changing in our industry um, just due to cost. Um, Ford is getting away from uh, their having cars. They're just pretty much going to a 
SUV type. Obviously, they do trucks. So what's happening is what I've realized, people are either upsizing or downsizing, okay? You'll have people that uh, buy a car, coming out of college, getting their first job, you know, then they get married and whoops, all of a sudden, they are starting a family. And then space becomes an issue. So then, you know, people will come in that I've dealt with and saying, hey, Renee, we need to upgrade into a SUV type or a minivan. So the industry has been watching that for the last couple of years and basically are starting to kind of make these type crossover SUVs um, where it gives people a feel, hey, you're still kind of driving a car, but you know, you have more space. So the industry is kind of gearing where you're going to see multiple lineups um, at our dealership with our brands. We are going pretty much we've got in the Hyundai Kia line, we have eight different pretty much going to about eight different SUVs in the Hyundai and Kia line because the manufacturers starting to recognize that the need for sedans is kind of going down a little bit. Um, obviously, that's also controlled based upon fuel costs and, and, and what's going on. But these these CUVs, these little crossover types like the Kona, uh, the new Kia Seltos that we have um, are just, they give the space, but... They also give a feel where it's not a car, but it's an SUV type. So the industry is watching that, and they are just producing more you know, vans type and SUVs for the average consumer out there in the U.S. market, uh, which is a little different in Europe and so forth yeah. and so forth. I wonder you know. if some of that is from people having so many different activities that there is available to do these days. Uh, absolutely. And they're needing to be able to load things into a car, they yes. load people plus equipment, yep. and and then keep it an economy as much as possible. So instead of a huge suburban like you used to see more of yep. with families, it's the mid- middle size. SUVs. So. Yeah, and um, you know it's gearing down to um, you know the seven-seater SUVs that aren't these huge um, you know suburban types because it, it gets to a point where a SUV can be too big, and it you know fuel efficiency is the main thing where the cost of ownership starts going up a little bit more and that's the main thing cost of ownership when people are looking at buying all has to deal with fuel efficiency and safety and what they're going to spend over a period of time mm-hmm. um, which is very important to people nowadays mm-hmm. well, yes. we've got another call let's go to Natchez and Earl has called in Earl thanks for calling into autocorrect go ahead well, I had a comment about shopping for cars. I know that at auctions you can find some very good deals, especially on cars that have been turned in by Enterprise Car Rental Place. They take exceptionally care, good care of the cars that they have. They turn them in with relatively low mileage on them and replace them, you know, to keep to be sure they've got good cars to rent. They've uh, got a good policy about no smoking in the car. In the car. They're checked over very well. So if you have a friend with a dealer's license and you're looking for a particular kind of car, you can go look through your computer, uh, the, uh, not the, the Consumer Reports listings about cars that 
you know, it gives a listing about what cars have troubles and what kind of troubles and whatnot. But find a car that suits you, that have a friend or a dealer, get one at an auction that has been turned in by Enterprise. That's that a great is, comment, Earl. Thank you. That's one of the best assurances that what you get is going to be something that will hang with you, not give trouble. And uh, But all the cars that I've driven, and I've driven some between three and 4,000 miles a week, different cars, and I feel so good when I get back in my old 1946 Chevrolet that doesn't have any <laughs> bells and whistles and dings and has crank-up windows and nice. know, doors that don't lock when you shut the things. And <laughs> But I have a problem with a 2002 Chevrolet Tracker built by Suzuki. Right, Suzuki, this yep. This is a little four-cylinder, four-wheel drive car that when you turn the ignition off and start to leave the car, you don't get but a foot away from it. And you start hearing that click, 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 very rhythmic, very staccato click from under the dash. I have located it as being the fuel pump relay. I have gone through all the wires, checking to see what kind of an input and be coming to this thing that would energize it on and off. It's such a regularity. It's faster than the uh, blinkers do, the turn signals. It makes a much faster click than that. To stop this, all you do is touch the brake pedal or push the gear out of park into reverse and back into park. And it seems to satisfy the darn thing, and it doesn't do any more clicking. Other than that, the car works pretty good, except in the mornings when you get in it, your overdrive light shows that it's off, and you have to just bump the little button on the handle there, and your overdrive light goes off, and you're back in the overdrive. But this is something that's persisted for five or six years, and I've looked at the schematics, I've traced wires manually, physically, and I cannot find a source of this energizing this relay. I took it to Chevrolet, who I thought I was real good friends with, to get them to put it on their computer, which they said they didn't have time to fool with it, that I needed a new relay. I said, no, it's not the relay. There's something energizing this relay. There's a problem somewhere besides the relay. The relay is just telling you that you have got a problem. Oh, change your relay. So they gave me a part number for it. I changed the relay and still got the same problem. I cannot imagine what in the electrical system will give me the pulse to the relay that is so steady intermittent pulse. Well, Allison, what do you think? Can you think of anything that might have uh, gotten his relay pulsing like that? The only thing that I can think of is that the ignition switch is sticking. When So when you turn it off, it's still sticking like it's trying to prime the pump. That's the only thing that I can think of that's in the ignition switch. So that's 
my thoughts on that, and that's as, as far as I can think of without tracing it down myself. Well, Earl, you'll need to d- try and, and test out the ignition switch to see if that might be your problem. And We're, let us know for some of these tips though, that we give out. If, uh, if anything works and fixes, let us know. Call us back and, and tell us. And Earl, I'd love to hear from you if, if, if that was the case. We're going to continue our discussion of car shopping when we come back from our break. Send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. Is your car under recall? We've got a list of ones that are. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think "Eh, maybe i'll try it myself some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it if you want to find out how to do those things listen to fix it 101 podcast everywhere listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. If you want even more AutoCorrect, we hope you'll find our podcast. It's on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. Uh, Our guest today is Renee Strickland. We're talking about car shopping. But first, here are the recalls for the week. Only two, and bad news if you're an F-150 driver. There's a recall for the 2018 through 2020 uh, Ford F-150s, and also a recall for the 2015-2016 F-150s. So two separate recalls for different years for the F-150. You can find out if your car has a past recall. Maybe you've missed one. All you have to do is go to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration's website. Now, that's nhtsa.gov slash recall, and you put in your VIN number, and that'll tell you all the recalls for your exact particular car. We've been talking about car shopping with salesman Renee Strickland. Let's take uh, another call, though, first. Let's go to Hugh, who's calling in from Sardis. Hugh, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. I'm sorry. This is Amy, his wife. Oh, hello, Amy, his wife. (laughs) Thanks for calling in. (laughs) Okay, we have a 1996 Subaru Outback, and I love this car, and we have babied it and babied it. And... We started having some transmission, like some shifting issues, and then we were buying transmission fluid, putting it in there a little bit by a little bit, and it was okay. I mean, I didn't drive it over 55 or anything. And then my husband decided he would clean the transmission filter, whatever thingy out, and then it started having this massive leak. Well, he thinks that he overfilled it or something, but I think that it's probably time for a new car. What do you think? I think you should take it to a transmission specialist and have them check it out and see if you can correct the problem. And it's very possible that it it can be corrected. And then um, see where you go from there. If it's just a leak and it's around the oil pan, the transmission oil pan, then it's possible it's an easy fix. So I would you definitely know, it, take it to a transmission shop first before you call it a day on this car. 
I know. I love this car. You know, like it's in the middle. Like it, the leak is like right there in the middle of the car. Like if you get up, if you look underneath there, that's where it's coming out. And then he thinks he's a mechanic and he's not. So he went and bought a seal and put the seal and jacked the car up on blocks like a redneck and then put the seal on backwards. And then two days later, so, so just take it to a transmission specialist. Yes, if it's transmission fluid that's leaking, take it to a transmission specialist. Okay, thank you so much. But I, you think I can save it? I think you can save it. I do. Okay. And uh, okay. let, let us know how it goes, but I think you can save it on this one. Okay, you're a sweetheart. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, good luck, Amy. We appreciate you calling in. All right, Allison, What uh, you had some questions for our guest, Renee Strickland, uh, car shopping questions. Yeah, I did. I had some questions about when you're trading in a car, what are some tips that help you get the most ba- value for your vehicle? Okay, so everything, uh, Allison, is people have had some pretty rough experiences, I think, over the past 10 years, what I've looked out from the outside in being in the business for, you know, still quite young, 10 years. But basically, what the problem that's going on out there, there's so much availability of stuff on the internet, you know, hey, you know, try and go to a dealership and work everything out, but then throw in the trade at the end. And and so I tell clients to just be upfront. This is something that we do on a daily basis compared to a consumer every five to 10 years. I talk about that a lot is let us know upfront because everything is based upon the market, you know, condition of the vehicle. The miles is the actual number one thing. There are three different breakpoints in the value of a vehicle. There's a breakpoint at 65,000 miles. There's a breakpoint at 75,000 miles. And then, of course, at 100,000 miles. People need to understand that, unfortunately, a car, no matter what it is, new or used, truck, SUV, whatever, is a depreciating object. And it's not land. It's not something that's going to appreciate in value. So everything basically is how did people treat their cars? And then based upon the miles and a circumference of all those vehicles in the market, that's where you have the Kelly Blue Books. Unfortunately, Kelly Blue Books will give numbers, but they'll never buy a car from you know, you know indi- from individuals. So, NADA is one of the main ones we look at, the National Association, where we just evaluate the cars. So, if you've got a Honda Civic that you're trading in, how many of those Honda Civics, based upon miles, are in a 200 to a 500 mile radius? And that's also calculated with what are these cars selling at auctions because dealerships I know that our group always always wants to give the customer as much money as possible based upon what the car is worth because if we do that we would rather want to take in a local trade where it has a story for a young family or a young individual or anybody coming in to look at buying that vehicle that we traded in so when you have a story we don't like going out to the auctions and buying cars firstly they're overpriced which when then we have to raise the price on the consumer 
We don't know if someone took care of the car, essentially, because there's Carfax reports and there's all types of stuff. But that can also kind of, if you don't report, you know. So uh, actually keeping records is a big deal versus these cars you get from auction. Huge. So keep detailed records on your vehicle. Absolutely. And maintain maintain them and get them and all the, your repair records and whatnot. Absolutely, okay. because that helps us. When last did you do a transmission flush or when you changed the tires, so forth and so forth. So all those detailed records means a lot more because that's how we can evaluate. And if the car doesn't need tires or if it needs tires, we would actually have to kind of figure that in and not just give random numbers like most people out there do and it starts irritating the consumer so i always tell clients is right from the get-go let us know that you are trading in a vehicle because that's important to the whole spectrum of you getting your next vehicle and putting everything together to meet the budget and I've uh, talk about the budget a lot because let me tell you it's all about the budget well yeah. Renee I think uh, a lot of our MPB listeners might have heard our money talk show mm-hmm. I guess it was week before last yeah. we talked about secondhand clothes and yeah. we talked about um, consignment or places like uh, a Plato's closet where they buy your clothes sure. or selling it yourself and sure. I think you know with a car if you sell it yourself you're going to get the top money mm-hmm. but but, uh, and then if there were a place where someone else could sell it for you but consign it, then you'd get mm-hmm. a little bit more money, but then the consignment place would need to take a cut. Yeah. And if you're trading a car in, people have to recognize the dealership needs to make some money to resell it. So right. whatever you think it's worth, they're going to give you a lot less than that because, yes, they want to make the deal and it's all part of it, but then they're also going to have to make a little bit of money off of it when they sell, resell it. Yeah, and it's very hard to do that nowadays because of the Internet. So the Internet basically has changed the demographic of the auto world where you can basically shop out there for any type of used car. New cars is what the manufacturer makes, and there are tons of those out there. But it's very important when, um, just like you're saying, Liz, that you know the dealership is obviously we do want to make a little bit of profit, but we also have to watch because we are controlled by the banks someone that trades in a vehicle we can't turn around and try and make you know a ten thousand dollar profit on that that does not happen anymore because the banks control what we can resell those vehicles for especially if you're talking about a finance situation where there's certain loan to values out there where you know you you just cannot overprice a vehicle anymore after you trade it in but i say this all the time though when a vehicle trades in and send out the customer because at our dealership, I actually buy cars off the road without clients even, you know, buying a car with me because we need cars. So if a customer walks in the door, I had one the other day that said, hey, I've got this XYZ vehicle. I've got the title to it and I don't need it anymore. What will you guys buy it for? Well, immediately we will look at that same type vehicle with the mileage what that vehicle is actually selling for at the auction and we would actually try and give that amount or a little bit more for the consumer because that's a vehicle where we know we've touched it we've got the 
story. We've got the maintenance records like Allison's telling you about, and that's very important to us. And then we'll write you a check on the spot, and you can go and spend your money wherever you'd like to or, you know, do whatever needs to be done. So that is a very, very good um, way that we do it where people actually sell um, cars directly to me. But also, when you trade in a vehicle, there's actually a tax credit that comes above and beyond that. So it's a very, very easy way if it's handled correctly. Oh, that's good information. Okay. Yeah. Good, good deal. Good to know. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about car shopping and taking your car repair questions. What is an unreliable car not to buy? We're going to tell you. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill, and our guest is Renee Strickland, and we've been talking about car shopping today. I hope you have downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can also click the support button and make a contribution because we rely on contributions to purchase our national programming and to keep the lights on here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Now, Consumer Reports has a list of vehicles that have a record of much worse than average overall reliability based on subscriber responses to their annual auto survey. Today, we're going to caution you about the BMW X5, the 2011 through 13 models, and there were just various complaints listed on that. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car suggests consumer response reports. Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. But if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. And he's reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for over 25 years. And his review this week is on the 2020 Ram Rebel Diesel. Let's go to the phones. We've got Clayton. Clayton, thank you so much for hanging on from Louisiana. Uh, You're on autocorrect. Go ahead. Yes, ma'am. I have a 2002 Honda Accord with stick shifts. 
And when I start trying to change the gears, if I stay below 2,000 RPMs, it will go on up. If I give it any more than that, then the tachometer just goes up, but it doesn't increase in speed. It will also do the same thing going up a hill in that the tachometer goes up and the motor is racing, but it's not keeping up. And is that a clutch transmission, or what kind of problem would you think that would be? It sounds like your clutch is going out on it. So with it being an older vehicle, the clutch has never been replaced. It may be due. So it sounds like your clutch is slipping, and it's not holding, and just like in an automatic transmission. So that's okay. where, where it'll rev up and nothing's happening. Right. Okay, now since you're talking about new cars, looking at this then, the cost for that would be somewhere around $2,000 as I understand it. I'm, I'm sure you'd have to look not, into it further for that, but that sounds like a good price to me. But that would probably have to look into everything on uh, and do, do the market research on that before giving you a definitive price on that. Okay, so looking at that then, if I were to try to trade that car in, then it would greatly affect the trade-in value, correct? Yes, with having the the slipping clutch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead and get the clutch replaced and get it repaired and and keep the records for it. It would be worth then the value to the car? Yes, it it would increase the value of the car, definitely. Okay, that answers the question. Thanks, ma'am. Thank you. Clayton, we're so glad you've called in. Let's now go to Tupelo and talk to Mike. Mike, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Good morning. Question for your guest about used car prices and, say, buying a used car from your dealership. Say, use the Genesis sedan as an example. Is there a sweet spot as far as number of years um, or age of the car and mileage? I know you mentioned a couple of mileage uh, uh, plateaus there. And so where's kind of the good sweet spot as far as buying a used car from a dealer, relatively new used car? Mike, that's a great question. I've been around the Genesis lineup for about 10 years. And firstly, not many of, I know, personal clients that I've dealt with over the years really trade in the Genesis uh, because they just love them. And when I normally get some good used ones on the lot is where clients have pretty much leased them with, with me over the years. And so when they come in, and they are upgrading their leases into another Genesis. You're talking about some super low mile used cars, you know, between the 20, 30, 40,000 mile range. Um, I just had one come in the other day, which was never lasted long, but it was a 2017 Genesis G80, which um, the ultimate package, pretty much everything that you got in 2017, it was a $51,000 vehicle. But when it came in, it had less than 30,000 miles. We checked it with um, all the um, auctions out there. So when we priced it, we priced it in the mid 
20,000 range, which it took most, obviously, in the lease, it will take its depreciation out. And that, that car literally lasted about two and a half days on the lot because we had priced it with the competitive market in a 500-mile radius. Would that be considered a certified pre-owned, so, maybe? So, absolutely. So, uh, that's that, that could possibly be another talk show, which we'll talk, uh, talk about the certified. So, with that vehicle coming in, Mike, uh, when you bought it, uh, when the client bought it brand new, they had a 5-year 60 thousand mile limited warranty and a 10 year 100,000 mile powertrain warranty so with that vehicle being under 30,000 miles going over to the second owner it will still have the remainder of the 5 year 60,000 mile limited warranty but with a certified pre-owned Genesis you will actually take the remainder to go up to the 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain, which Genesis and Hyundai has one of the best certified pre-owned programs out there because you can actually take the powertrain mic all the way back up to 100,000 miles based upon as if, it, as if you were buying it new. So that's a great question. Awesome. Oh, Good answer. Thank you very much. All right. Let's go to uh, John in Mobile. John, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for being there. Uh, question for you concerning lubricating automobiles. I have in my stable a 2000 Volvo V40 and a couple of uh, RAV4s, 2004, Do those cars require lubrication? I know 100 years ago, you know, you always take a car to get joints and bearings lubricated, but... As time progressed, I thought these these areas were sealed now and did not require lube. What what's the word on that? Most of them are all sealed these days, as far as greasing the 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 ball joints and whatnot. Most of them are all sealed. But as as far as uh, lubrication, you still need to squeeze a little lithium grease in all your latches, which is something that gets left out on maintenance a lot. Um, it's something I include in as just a convenience service on on um, or a complimentary service when I do a, a, a car service on a car. Just squeeze a little lithium grease in your locks, your doors, your lodge, your latches, your hood latch, your rear hatch, trunk trunk latches. But as far as greasing the ball joints and all that stuff, you're correct. Most all of it is sealed these days. Those would be sealed on on the vehicles you have, so you the don't have to. Wor- the only thing I was worried about is my oldest 2000 V40, a little 1.9 turbo that Volvo made years ago. Yeah, those are that, nice cars. It is, it is. I made the mistake of loaning it to my grandson. I don't think I'll ever get that thing back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you for being there. I appreciate you clearing that up. You have a good day. You too. Thank you, John. Oh, he had me at stable. He had me at stable of cars. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. Now I have two good I friends. Stable. John from Mobile and John from Jackson are going to be my new buddies. Yeah. <laughs> We've been discussing shopping for cars and taking your repair questions. You can always send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. What was in the news will tell you. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Welcome to AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. And our guest is Renee Strickland. We've been talking about car shopping. Now, what was in the news? It's still February. And Allison, we have not talked about the car commercials from the Super Bowl. Yes. Renee, what uh, what were some that were, do you remember? Well, uh, obviously we... Um Genesis and Hyundai or the uh, sponsors for the NFL. Um, we launched the new Genesis GV80, first of three that's coming to the Genesis lineup. Uh, John Legend um, is oh, okay. now. Uh, I remember the John Legend commercial. Yes, I don't remember yes. which one it was. Um, he is actually now uh, partnered with Genesis as our spokesperson, uh, oh, okay. kind of our face out there. Wow. Um, Genesis now is branding off into the young luxury. Uh, we've had some of the other. Um, you know, Mercedes, BMW, Audi that have been out there for a long time. Genesis is the new kid on the block since 2009 when the first Genesis, uh, Hyundai Genesis at the time, became the small luxury car of the year. And now officially in around 2017, uh, Genesis and Hyundai split off where we have Genesis as our luxury brand and Hyundai as our non-luxury brand, kind of like Toyota and Lexus did, for instance. And uh, really, really excited. We also had the new Hyundai Sonata, which was a great by David Ortiz. Uh, I think Ben Affleck was on there too. That was great where um, we have technology now where you can actually get out your car if it's a tight spot at the grocery store where you can get out your car and I've got a lot of stuff online that I've uh, videos that I've done where you can pull your car in and out by controlling your button of your key See, which is awesome I, that was my my favorite commercial was the smart park yes oh yes smart park yeah all the Bostonians if you haven't seen that video it's the Hyundai Smart Park. You need to watch the video and watch it with the subtitles. Yes. Because they spell it everything phonetically. Yeah. Yes. Did and you by have Smart any... Park? They mean Smart Park. Yeah. <laughs> Allison, did you have any car commercials on the Super Bowl that uh, you th- liked? That that one was my favorite on there. And then I only watched about half of the of half of the Super Bowl that day. I got I got sleepy and went home and and crashed the rest of it. It was it was a good it was a good Super Bowl though. <laughs> I, I know I missed a good one. Well, I liked but the, that one was my favorite. The Jeep one with. With uh, the Groundhog Day that had, yes. uh, uh, what's the Ghostbuster guy's name? Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Bill yeah, Murray. yeah. And he, they oh, were yeah, running yeah. I remember that one. That was a good one. That, that was, was a really very good, good one. one. Um, we had a, 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 Renee, we had a question from a caller who couldn't stay on the line. Sure. Any more news about the new Honda Element coming out? Do either of you know anything about the Honda Element? I wonder what... They're, so they're coming back with it, I guess, is what, what they're saying. Well, that's that's interesting. And I wonder if it is turbocharged, because they're starting to turbocharge so many vehicles this day. And I know Renee is very familiar with this. They're turbocharging the Honda CRV, 
which is like a bigger version of the Honda Element. So I have to wonder if if that's uh, part of the new thing with the Element coming out. Maybe it's maybe it's not. But I don't know. I'm glad it's coming back out because it's a very popular vehicle, and they are there's so many of them still on the road. Was that the one that had the doors that did yes. backwards? Yeah, okay. the suicide doors. Suicide, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah now, nice vehicle. We've talked about turbo before, Allison. Mm-hmm. Remind us why that's good or bad in a car. It's good because it gives you more power and better gas mileage in a smaller engine. The thing is, you have to remember to let it warm up a little bit and let it cool down a little bit before you turn off your car or you will tear up your turbo mm-hmm. on your vehicle. And that's all turbos. It doesn't matter what kind of turbo it is. So always let your car idle for about a minute before you turn it off if you have a turbocharged car. And be aware if your car is turbo. There's so many turbo cars coming out in these past few years Mm -hmm. because of its ability to get better gas mileage, power, and better emissions in a smaller engine. Okay. And maintenance is key. Maintenance is key. Maintenance is very much key on these newer vehicles, big time. It's much more important than it was back in the day. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Renee, we have three minutes left. Okay. Um, when we've had mostly uh, American automakers, sometimes there'd be sister versions of vehicles. Sure. Like my Dodge Grand Caravan is also a town, Chrysler Town & Country, and the Mercury Sable used to be the same thing as the Taurus. Is that is that still done? Are there uh, the exact same? car under different names um there there are some out there um i know with uh the brand that we use uh well the brand that's out there i should say honda and kia um you have the kia optima which is comparable to the hyundai sonata you have the kia forte which is comparable to the hyundai elantra are those actually on the same platform they yes okay you know um you have the santa fe and the Kia Sorento, which are by Consumer Reports, Cars.com, um, and most of the automakers out there, which is one of the good, good SUVs out there in the market, the smaller mm-hmm. size, five-seaters. Okay. So, yes, Liz, there are those comparable vehicles out there that, um, you know, are kind of the same but named differently. Do they just do that for brand loyalty or? Um, you know, Hyundai and Kia, um, as far as reports say, this is all third-party stuff. I, I, I keep myself very up-to-date with third-party information. I think that's very important for clients that are out there. Um, but over the last nine to ten years, Hyundai, the Hyundai and Kia uh, brand is normally number one and number two in the loyalty, meaning that consumers that are now traditionally just going out there are coming in because their aunt, their uncle, friends, co-worker is driving either a Hyundai and Kia and their interest has peaked up now, but also it gives consumers like Allison was saying on our platform, a choice of two different types of vehicles. Probably different trim levels too. Different trims, different stuff where it gives a consumer if they go into... options. Yeah, if they go into a, say now, a Chevy store, all that they can basically look at is Chevy. So... Our dealership, we have Hyundai, Kia, and Genesis, so it gives the consumer 
more choices. More choices. So it's about choices with with having a, these different. It's about choices. Different options. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Renee Strickland, thank you so much for coming by. Looking, it was great. Thank you. We'll have to have you back on. Absolutely. So that's going to wrap up today's AutoCorrect. Our call screener today was Jay White, and our board engineer was Kevin Farrell. Kevin's part of the AutoCorrect family today. So for Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as the Lady Auto Mechanic, and Renee has uh, some YouTube videos. We'll have a link to that in this show's page. But we hope you'll join us each Thursday for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 